Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, folks. The Carolina Hurricanes went 4-1-1 one one on their road trip, which is awesome, but they did lose to the Kraken, so I think it's time to fold the franchise. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Track in the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. I'm joined by Matthew Soma. Um, haven't heard from Alex all day, but we said, all right, fine. We've waited long enough. It's like Friday night. We got to record. So <laughs> this is the Black Friday special. <laughs> yeah, Black Friday special right here. There you go. Um, we have some fun stuff for you guys tonight. Uh, later on, we are going to have our interview with Hurricanes prospect and sixth round pick Bryce Montgomery of the London Knights. That was a lot of fun to do. Um, so you, we'll have that coming up shortly. Uh, and otherwise, you know, probably not too much more we're really going to get into. Just uh, kind of talk about our thoughts on this road trip that was. Um, <clears throat> yes, I do have COVID right now. Those of you, Many of you know that already. Um, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Appreciate everybody. Um, I, I, it's just I don't have any taste or smell. That's really it. You might be able to hear it in my voice a little bit, and I might cough up some stuff once in a while, but really fine. Again, um, so anyway, let's get into some hockey talk. Um, yeah, 4-1-1 road trip. The Kraken and San Jose Sharks games were not particularly pretty. Uh, and even before that, the Kings game, where they got outshot 43-20, to was obviously not the Hurricanes' best hockey either. Um, but to end on a high note like they did against Philadelphia, a team that is in a little bit of a funk right now, Carter Hart all of a sudden is bleeding goals after, you know, getting off to – Really a fantastic start this year. His season-long save percentage entering today was still nine two eight. Um, it's obviously going to come down a good bit today. I haven't given up six goals. Um, but Carter Hart's been very good this year. He definitely struggled today, but the Hurricanes, it was definitely good to see them in their uh, road trip on a high note and get back to scoring some goals. Um, on that topic, Andrei Sveshnikov finally got a goal. Wasn't sure it was ever going to happen again. <laughs> so uh, – that was good. And I mean, just overall, really, it was good to see the Hurricanes get back to, you know, getting the puck in the net and going into the Washington game back at PNC Arena, finally back home after two pretty long weeks. Hopefully that should give them some confidence. Yeah, I, I agree with Rod's comments after today's game. He said, you know, the chances that the team was getting were just finally going in today. Yeah. Like a lot of the chances the team got were just not going in the goalie was making a great save philip philip grubauer turned back the clock right yeah it was his highest saved goals 
or goals saved above expectation all year. Yeah. And of course it was, right? Of course right. it, it was going to happen against the Canes. Like you could have predicted that. And <laughs> so, you know, that that's going to happen every once in a while, right? Like this is still a very good hockey team and a team that now has four lines that can score. That's insane. And they're scratching Derek Stepan, who has been very good this year. <laughs> right. And you bring Lorenz back in today, and he has a beautiful goal where he walks around Carter Hart and roofs a shot. So that was beautiful. I mean, every goal the Canes scored today deserved to yeah. play. Every goal the Canes scored today was beautiful. Yeah. That, oh, Jarvis, the Cockney Emmy goal, man. Yes. Good Jarvis Lord. Jarvis with, again, yep. Jarvis with another assist on that. Beautiful goal. pass. Beautiful pass. KK with two points. TDA with some great assists. Um, yeah, D'Angelo was really, really good today. Um, I'm trying to think of who Aho, both of Aho's goals were just cannon. absolute <laughs> beautiful shots. Yeah. Um, and I, I think if I could have picked one of the last three games to win, I would have picked the Philly game because it's a Metropolitan Division opponent, one that, you know, despite their recent struggles, can still, you know, surprise you there's a ton of talent in that especially in that forward core i know they're really fine yeah, ellis right now but like joel Farabee and travis Konechny both i think those guys are like perfect hurricanes like and with with morgan frost coming up too morgan um, frost is a really good prospect too. yeah, yeah he's, he's got a bright got, future they've got some good talent and um i think that you know philly could be one of those teams where all it takes is like you know you, we see it with anaheim anaheim's getting a lot of contributions from their young players. Sonny Milano has like 13 points in his last 16 games or something like that. <laughs> or I might have that flipped. It might be 16 and 13. I can't remember, but either way, it's like a, you know, ridiculous, like very uncharacteristic of Sonny Milano to be doing. This no, I felt like I hadn't heard his name in like years up until the other night. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> since he left, since he left Columbus, I hadn't either, but like, right. you know, Mitz Milano, so, man, they had high hopes for him. Yeah. So the Metro is tough. Oh, I just tweeted about that, man. I I actually just tweeted a picture of New Jersey's lineup tonight. And I think they're eight, five and four this year. And they're the second worst team in the division, you know? And a point I made was the team that's in last place in the division right now was a team that a lot of pundits and people expected to be one of the top teams, if not the top team in the Metro going to go ahead and say right now, I have always well, never really believed in New York as much as a lot of people did. Besides the point, but um, I mean, there's eight really, really good teams in the Metropolitan Division, and that's that's yeah, a good the thing for the Hurricanes. Are still are still good. It's just like I think they've been figured out. Yeah, probably so. Um, that's that's my take at least. But I think the Philly game has a lot of moments where you can, you know, Seth Jarvis very teachable moment on that second goal. Got absolutely walked. And I mean, that's going to happen to a rookie forward, but you know, as we've seen with Jarvis this year, he's only going to get better. He's only going to improve from that. That's something he's going to learn from and, you know, not harping on the kid too far or too hard, especially considering he had the primary helper on the game winner. Yeah. Yeah. It was a beauty. Um, Really was. I I do wish the hurricanes would kind of figure out a way to start games a little better. Um, cause I, I just feel like every single night lately, it's like the first period and it, maybe it has something to do with being on the road. Cause you know, a couple weeks ago, it was the second period the hurricanes, like, you know, they start great. 
then they'd like let off the gas in the second period and struggle and let a team back in or let them take the lead. And then the third, and then the third period, they're right back to, you know, dominating. So yeah, maybe that's been a common theme. Yeah. Hope, hopefully it's just like a, you know, the ebbs and flows of a season. Sometimes these weird trends start to pop up. Um, and I don't think the hurricanes first period by and large, by and large was terrible today. Um, they ended up with a 17 to six shot advantage, but um it's, it's they still just seem to be kind of trying to get themselves into gear while fire, the Flyers were kind of coming out of the gates. Yeah, I think the Canes give up a lot of these periods, or even not even periods, but they have those moments where they the other team just capitalizes on every chance that they're given, and it's because usually it's a turnover right in front of their net, or with how active our defense is. Right? It's yeah the one play where both defensemen get caught cheating a little bit. And then all of a sudden you've got a break up the ice where there's, you know, a two on one or something. I mean, your goalie's not going to stop everything. I think I would have liked to have seen a save from Ranta on the third goal today. Yeah. In fairness, I thought two of the goals he allowed were not great, but he was really, really good after that third goal. Yeah. I mean, he, he made saves to keep it in the game. The Canes got, a lot of puck luck today as well yeah Yeah, they did but you know this team's good enough that where you know even when they're getting outscored or not maybe not outscored but outchanced they can capitalize on all their chances and win right that's something we talked about yeah yeah it hasn't always been that way yeah exactly and this we had that conversation it's like the hurricanes have been on the other side of that you know, equation so many times in the past against like a Boston or a Tampa Bay or somebody where Vasilevsky or Tuka Rask or somebody will just stand on his head all game and then Marchand or Kucherov or somebody will make one play late and that's the difference, right? Like yep. now the Hurricanes are kind of the ones that have that talent and they have so many threats throughout their lineup that one guy makes a play late. Frederick Anderson's been unbelievable and all of a sudden they're walking away with a win they probably didn't really deserve. So that's been really big. And the only other thing we'll probably talk about before we get into the Montgomery interview, um, and that's I mean, just Barry Cockaniemi. Uh, I mean, we already talked about he had two points today. Um, and I, I think for everybody that's been watching the Hurricanes the last couple weeks or couple games anyway, since he's moved back to center, I mean, he just looks like a completely different player. Yeah. And, and I think this is maybe kind of the risk you run when you move a player to a position he's not comfortable with. Because on the wing, he just seems so, I mean, really confused. It's probably a decent way to put it. He seemed, maybe not confused, but like, he just wasn't engaged, you know? Like, being on the wing, and the, 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 the real thing that drove this point home to me is seeing him now at center and, like, how active he is at all times. And it's not just when he has the puck, but it's like he's supporting the defense as a centerman low in the zone it's when on the four check he's been fantastic my god like he's always getting in there playing the body turning pucks over and then making plays afterwards like he's he's really just looks like a completely different player since the move back to center um and i mean to your point something you mentioned earlier was the hurricanes having four lines that can score right now having kakanami playing like this as a fourth line center like my gosh like what is the defense supposed to do (laughs) Yeah, they're, I mean, they can't do anything because and it's so great. This is a team that's designed to wear you down and exploit 
your holes on defense. If, you know, if the first line gets shut down, fine, but you're going to give up a goal to the third, fourth, maybe even second line too, depending on, you know, how weak your team's second pair is. Right. Right. So I'll agree. This is, this has been like with by an undebatable margin, KK's best stretch of play as a hurricane. Yeah. Like, there is no way you could look at it and be like, no, he hasn't been nearly as good. He has been great at center. And he has been the player that we wanted him to be when we acquired him in the offer sheet, right? Absolutely. Like a lot of people in Montreal are going to, you know, inhale a big old thing of copium here. (laughs) I like that. And that say <laughs> that, you know, well, his ice time's bad. He's on the fourth line. I'm like, yeah, dude, played, because have you seen Carolina's center depth? Like, he played, on, he played almost 15 minutes today. And he had two points. And on a consistent basis, he's being the player we need him to be right now. The offense is going to start coming. And I think, you know, once you start getting a little more from him, maybe you consider bumping him up in the lineup. But for now, this he we've found his spot, and I'm sticking with it. Again, like I said, this is why I said let me wait 20 games to, you know, fully announce if I've given up on the player, right? Because <laughs> these past what is like five ish games, I think he's he's been at center for almost the entire trip, hasn't he? Yeah, maybe even so. longer than that. Maybe even yeah. longer. I could be on like I you know, whatever. But still like. For as long as he's been at center, it's been his best stretch of play as a hurricane. And so, you know. From what I can tell, the Vegas game was the first one, actually. Okay, then, yeah. So, for the past six, six games, games yeah. I'm great. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's been a perfect fit for the Hurricanes. I think that it gives the Canes a legitimate threat on the fourth line. And whether you have uh, – step on or CD or even Martinuk. Martinuk has been fine lately. It's just, just you know, finish. <laughs> yeah. And it's he just seems to be the one that gets the most him, chances. <laughs> when you put him above, you know, the fourth line, his like the skill gap shows. Right. And, like his flaws are exposed. Yeah. And that's what I saw, you know, on um in the Seattle game. That's what I saw in the Seattle game. And he just, it was very clear that he was a step below Jarvis and uh, but right. that's it. Um, you yeah, know, but, move on uh, to Bryce now. Yeah. One last comment though. Yeah. Um, but it's especially good timing though for Coke and Emery right now, because the Hurricanes are getting next to nothing out of two players. They really, that I don't think long-term we need to worry about, but Vincent Trocek and Jordan Stahl are not at their best right now. I don't know if there's like some kind of nagging injury going on with one of the two or both, but again, those aren't two guys that I'm like concerned with or think, you know, long-term they're not going to have an impact on this team because they are, but right now when they're not having Kukaniemi step up and start to actually be a legitimate threat has really been a big boost to the Hurricanes, especially at center. Yeah. Stahl has been fine defensively, but I'll agree that, you know, offensively he and Trocek have looked very, yeah, not good. Agreed. Um, I saw somebody recommend because Stahl started today with Jarvis and Sveshnikov. I, I liked the idea at first. I was like, all right, that's good. Get the big man going, talking about Stahl. And 
absolutely nothing out of that, <laughs> out of yeah. that line really well, he did um, you know what though i will say his work along the boards and in front of the net was the reason why such scored yeah so, i agree i agree and he's had some moments like that too he had yeah. that net front the other night uh against the kraken too if i'm not mistaken on the brendan smith goal yeah but i saw somebody ask if they should switch stall and kk and i was like yes but that means stalls in the fourth line so good luck getting Rod to do that <laughs> But anyway, before we jump into our interview with Bryce Montgomery, let's take a moment and get a quick word from DraftKings. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on the planet. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game to win $100 in free bets if either team scores one goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back. And we're back. Yes. Um, so basically what I want to do before we get into the Montgomery interview is, you know, this is this is a sixth round pick. Not everybody's going to know a ton about him. I want to give like a brief, you know, not scouting report, but like kind of like the gist of what this player is and who, you know, why we wanted to interview him. So Bryce, I talked to him over the summer, really great person. And I think, you know, just as you guys can see in a few minutes, it's going to be a really good interview with somebody who knows the game of hockey really well, really just fun he was kind of funny like you know there are quite a few moments where we were able to crack jokes with him um and just shows a lot of personality which is a rarity in hockey but um not to mention the fact that i was like tripping over myself and this is like the first day i found out i had covid so i'm like struggling with the questions and i didn't get to do my normal prep work because i was yeah i was it was just a crazy day and was out of it yeah i was gonna be some pretty great uh content (laughs) um but to just shout out again to him for being like a total pro and like handling my amateur hour shit over here <laughs> yeah it was like it's his first day <laughs> yeah seriously though um but yeah bryce is i mean he's six foot five but he, i mean he skates like an nhl player it's very rare that you see players that are six five skate as well as he does it's awesome um the shutdown game, I mean, he's just phenomenal in his own end. Um, and he only has one assist so far this season, but that's because, like, when he's played in London, it's mostly defensive zone starts, a lot of PK minutes. And he's getting those rushes up the ice. He's making plays. It's just London is a very young team, and they only recently started scoring a lot of goals because Luke Evangelista's back. So he's finally up on the second pair tonight. I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, been watching a lot of his games this year, and I think he's looked good in almost every one. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. 
And we are here with Carolina Hurricanes prospect and 2021 draft pick Bryce Montgomery of the London Knights. Bryce, how are you doing today? Good, I'm good. Glad to be on. So thanks for having me. Well, we won't try and take up too much of your time, so we are going to get right into this. And uh, So first of all, congrats on getting drafted by the Canes. What was it like? Yeah, you know, it's definitely a moment, you know, every, you know, young hockey player is kind of dreams up their whole career. And, you know, it was a long year, just especially with COVID going on and everything. And just finally just seeing my name caught up on the draft board. It was definitely a moment I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, just completely thrilled and honored to be a part of the Carolina Hurricanes organization. So, And uh, speaking of draft, I want I want to point out, didn't you get to announce uh, that your brother had been drafted by the London Knights too this summer? Yes, yeah, so I was able to make an announcement video for him. That was definitely awesome. And it was a special moment for me, too, to welcome him into the London family. So he definitely has that option on the table now if he ever wanted to uh, come up to London. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So uh, you got to participate in your first ever. You got to participate in your first uh, training camp and you got to go play in the prospects tournament. Um, so what was that experience like for you? You know, it's your first chance getting to really see. Granted, it's not exactly NHL 100% rosters, but what was that experience like for you getting to play against guys that, you know, project to be competing for those spots someday? Yeah, you know, I was a sponge, you know, every every moment of it for sure. I was soaking up everything I could and seeing how, you know, the guys kind of play at that level and at that pace, it kind of just really makes you just, you know, think about how hard it is every day to really battle and, you know, you're competing for a job, right? And uh, at the same time, too, it's fun. It's fun playing at that pace, at that speed, and, it's definitely something I want to really just uh, end up doing one day. And uh, yeah, you know, even playing in the, uh, the prospects tournament, playing against other teams, top prospects and playing at that pace, I thought it was really good for me to just learn how to, you know, move the puck quicker and play at that faster pace. And yeah, I think it's helped me a lot coming back down to juniors and uh, yeah, it's even being around Rod Brennamore too and his persona and the type of coach he is, that was definitely awesome for me to see and be around as well. And I just, yeah, I soaked up every minute of it at camp. So so obviously now you're back uh, with the London Knights and you've already gotten about 14 games in under your belt this year. But what I kind of want to talk about is what stood out about London to you when you signed with them as a free agent, because you obviously were committed to Providence. Um, you were playing prep school hockey and London approached you with a, you know, a camp invite. So what made you choose London? Yeah, you know, growing up as a young American player, you know, the OHL is probably the last thing anybody's thinking about. And, uh, yeah, I think for me, I, I kind of wanted to really focus on hockey as a primary thing for me, and I thought it was best for my development. And, uh, you know, it's the London Knights, too. You see their track work, record, and you see the NHL factory producing a team they are. And I just that really stuck out to me. And I fell in love with the program and all the coaches there, and I thought it was a really awesome system. And, I'm not saying no to education at all. Education is obviously very important and it's very important to me too, but I still have an education package with, with playing in London too. And I thought it was the, uh, the best thing for me, you know, and I get to play hockey every day and that's kind of a primary focus for me right now. And I think it's the best for my development too. And I, and honestly too, looking back on it, I thought it was a definitely an opportunity where if I didn't take it, I thought I'd regret it, you know, in years, years, years to come and I definitely still haven't regretted that decision at all and I'm really happy here in London so um well coming into your draft actually you really had only played 33 games in the OHL um and you were actually a little bit of a kind of 
like under the radar guy, I would say, you know, not a lot of people like knew about you. So why don't you kind of explain your game as you would describe it yourself? Yeah. You know, my game's definitely evolved a lot throughout my career for sure. But I think the game I'm trying to expand into is just kind of a shutdown D man who can provide offense too on the rush and joining the rush and generating scoring chances too, when he can. But I think primarily though, I just want to be a shutdown defenseman who can be relied on and all different situations but uh yeah you know i'm still working on my game working on moving pucks as quick as i can just tuning in all those facets carolina talked me about too and what they want for me too and even improving you know just physicality too and kind of just having more sandpaper in my game as well so right and that kind of leads into another thing we were going to kind of talk about is how first of all how often do you watch the hurricanes as honestly the first when we were on our uh the winning record of nine and all, I was watching about every game, but you know, sometimes our schedule kind of gets tighter where I can't watch it, but I love watching Carolina play. So I watch them, you know, as much as I can. I didn't watch the game last night against San Jose because I was pretty late, but you know, I watch it uh, as much as I can. So you yeah, don't have much. to watch last night's game against <laughs> San Jose. <laughs> uh, oh, it was bad. I mean, yeah, it was just, they just look like a tired team that's been on the West Coast for a couple weeks now. So well, yeah, we'll get they, they were playing they like play. everybody that was watching it was feeling. It was just tired, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, pretty much. So I wanted to talk real quick. Um, You're already, you know, making a huge impact in the London community. Um, There was a really good article by Game Day London um, that came out about, um, you know, the kind of relationship that you've developed with, you know, a younger fan in the community and how, you know, he wants to play hockey so he can be like Bryce. And then you're in all the promo packages speaking to the fans, uh, whether it's on Twitter through the nights or, you know, on other social medias, can you just talk about what, what that means? And, you know, the feeling that you get from knowing they have that trust in you. Yeah. You know, it's something, you know, I kind of, you know, I take with a lot of pride too, that they trust me with that. You know, I'm I'm one of the older guys on the team now and I'm kind of, you know, I've, we have a big personality team per se. And I think I'm one of those bigger personalities too. And I kind of try to show that throughout the media and the uh, promo videos, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's awesome being a part of the community and being able to kind of promote the London Knights. And I uh, take that with a grain of salt every day and just kind of do what I can to help them with that. But uh, yeah, regarding JJ, you know, he's an awesome kid who's kind of been through a lot growing up. He's from the States and he recently moved to London a few years ago and he kind of had similar problems that, I kind of had two growing up and, and he's kind of a kid who saw me out there and kind of, you know, was inspired a little bit, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm a kid who he kind of looks, we look the same, right. We have the same skin color and he kind of really, uh, he was inspired from it. And it kind of meant a lot to me too, that I was inspiring kids out there that, you know, they can play hockey too. It doesn't matter, you know, what you look like, you can still do it. And, uh, yeah, every time he's at the other uh, games, I see him, I give him a puck, we take a picture and I'm always talking to him and his family too. And, they're a wonderful family and I love seeing them and uh, yeah, I try to do the best I can, but just also recognizing that I, I am a role model in the, uh, the city and uh, yeah, it just means a lot to me. So it's the human yeah. side of hockey, right? Yeah. You know, we're, we're a lot of people, I think forget sometimes that hockey players are people. And so when you see like, you know, the impact of players making, or you see those moments, it's like, Oh, Holy crap. Like, you know, this is a real person. And, I don't know. It's a big deal. That's uh, it's, it's really cool to see. Um, obviously we're hoping that, you know, we can see JJ, you know, no offense, but you know, kind of, you know, walk you someday and, you know, go yeah. top shelf. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. That's what it's about for sure. You know, and it's, yeah, for sure. 
So uh, you obviously come from a family of athletes. Um, what kind of role has that played in your upbringing? And does you think that's helped you, you know, from an athleticism standpoint or something as you try to break into the NHL? Yeah, I think it's helped a ton, you know, because they have my family has a lot of, you know, athletic experience. And I think, you know, a big part of it, you know, I, the genetics help a lot. You know, I definitely. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I yeah, got, you're a big kid, right? <laughs> yeah, I got pretty good genetics, too. I can move, you know, and it's, uh, it's definitely helped a lot. I've kind of noticed that throughout my whole life, too. I've been able to play, you know, a lot of different sports with ease, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, my dad played hockey, too. He has a hockey background, played D3 at St. Mary's University. He's a two-time All-American hockey player, holds the record for the most goals for defensemen there still. Uh, my mom played Division One basketball at University of Berkeley, California. She was a beast there, and she could have played pro basketball, too. Um my grandma was a speed skater growing up, almost made the Olympics, was a runner-up to go to the Olympics. And, uh, yeah, my uncle was – he played Division One football at Wisconsin, and then he was drafted by the Eagles in the uh, 84 draft, too. So I got a pretty extensive background all around. It's just been a lot – it's been a lot just kind of – we don't really talk a lot about athletics. It's kind of just like a, a given kind of. Like, we, we talk about it, but it's, it's – you know, it's not like they talk to me about how to be an athlete. It's just kind of there, you know. But right. I think that that kind of plays along with just, you know, them being my parents and stuff like that. But yeah, they've helped a lot. You know, they kind of helped me mentally too and how to mentally be there and how, you know, having that edge and that attitude and want to get better and focus and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I really, uh, I think it's helped a lot just in my overall development as a hockey player. So. And it's gotta be nice having somebody you can talk to that kind of, you know, well, like you said, your dad did play hockey. So they've kind of been through the ropes a little bit and been there before. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. I was going to say, like, what, what made you choose to follow in dad's footsteps instead of mom's? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, I played a lot of sports growing up. I played a, probably every sport you can think of. But I just thought – I didn't think I was following in my dad's footsteps. I just thought a hockey was more – I found it to be way more fun. And I was, That's sport on the planet, right? Yeah, yeah, it was so much fun. And I just – it was my best sport, too. And, and honestly, I wasn't super – I'm not going to lie. I wasn't super good at basketball. Like, <laughs> I, like I wasn't – I tried. My mom was too happy about that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, hockey was just a sport for me. And it was cool having my dad there, too, because he, he really knows so much about the game, too. And, and yeah, you know, it's been it's been a hell of a journey just be playing, being a hockey player growing up. So, so um, are there any players, you know, that you might compare yourself to or not maybe not compare yourself to, but like uh, model your game after? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't really say a model really after anybody. I, I kind of say more that I kind of – I watch defensemen I like who kind of play like me, and I try to implement what they can do into my game and see how it works for me. So, like, defensively, I'll watch guys like Pareko, uh, Slavin, um, guys like that, just the sticks they have and how they use their body and stuff like that. Um, you know, I love watching Brent Burns and Seth Jones play too just the tangibles they have to for big D and the way they can skate and move the puck and make plays too. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I love watching just a lot of dynamic defensemen and how they play the game. And I try to just see that and try to implement it into my game when I can too. Cause even I think for big guys, I still think I'm a pretty skilled defenseman as well, but uh, yeah, just still working on getting better every day and watching who I can. So. All right. Well, uh, we talked about Bryce Montgomery, the player. We talked about your off-ice stuff a good bit as well with your involvement in the community and stuff. But uh, outside of hockey, what are some of your, like, biggest hobbies? Yeah. Uh, 
Good question, actually. I always get asked that. And I just don't know. I'm not like <laughs> not like one specific thing I do. I'm a pretty low key guy, honestly. You know, I love hanging out with my friends and family and, and whatnot. Uh, uh, I just, you know, I'm a pretty low key guy. Whatever's happening, I'll be in, involved in it. You know, I love I love spending time outside. I guess playing different sports, hanging out with my family. Um, I'm actually into reading too. I'm, I don't mind reading a good book and, and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of mostly play play sports and kind of just work out every day and I'm training, you know, all year. We're kind of in season right now, so I'm at the rink every day, just kind of on the ice, hanging out with the guys and just, you know, simple stuff and stuff like that. So, yeah, nothing crazy. So. Well, it's, it's encouraging to hear the answer to that question and have it not involve golf or Call of Duty. It sounds <laughs> like that's all I get. I stopped, playing I stopped playing COD a few years ago, so, but, uh, yeah, I, I still need to learn how to play golf. I don't know how to play golf, yeah, so. I, love I think Brandon's the only one here that plays. Uh, I, I love my golf. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played in too long now that you mentioned it. I need to get out there. Well, not in the next 10 days. Yeah, no, not there. for two weeks. Settle down. Yeah. <sighs> Boy. Anyway. Well, Bryce, we want to we want to thank you for coming on. Uh, um, we know that you've got a game, I think, against Windsor tomorrow night. So uh, best of luck for that, and yeah. um, best of luck throughout the rest of the year. I'm gonna go tell Billy to to harass you now, just because. You know. <laughs> Thanks a ton, Matt. Really appreciate it. And there you guys have it. That was our interview with Bryce. Uh, once again, hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks again to Bryce for coming on, and uh, I think he had something to say before we left. It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. <laughs> <laughs>